Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Welcome everybody to a brand new teaching series here at The Forge this summer. We're going on a road trip. And now perhaps more than ever before with limited travel options, people are taking to the road this summer. Uh, And it's true, isn't it? When we get away, whether it's on the road or whatever destination that you eventually get to, it tends to be that a different place, a different pace, it allows us to gain a little bit of a different perspective. And this was true for Jesus and his followers too. In fact, this month, we're going to be looking at five different occasions where Jesus spoke profoundly into the life of those he was traveling with whilst on the road. If you join us for the next five weeks as we go on a road trip of our own, or at least of sorts, uh, we're going to discover how those lessons might help you on whatever journey you're currently traveling on, whatever path you find yourself on. Last month, I went on a road trip of my own with a group of a few friends. Uh, And for 10 days, we traveled almost 2,000 miles around Scotland. Uh, Whilst I don't post all that regularly on social media, at least in comparison to what some people might consider normal, when I do, I absolutely fall into the trap of showing people the absolutely uh, the absolute best bits, uh, whether it was beautiful pictures of mountains or lakes or waterfalls. Uh, but one moment throughout these 10 days that I didn't share, it came on the second day of our trip. As I pulled away from the camping spot that we'd spent the previous night at, I heard a noise that sounded something like this. <laughs> It rang out from what sounded like the bottom of my van and I immediately hit the brakes and signaled to the others to come back because something was apparently falling off the bottom uh, of my van. I got out to inspect it and the damage was, whilst I couldn't see really what had happened, uh, everything seemed to just be holding on. It didn't take long for me to realize that the exhaust pipe uh, was really, really loose. In fact, when I touched it, it seemed to almost like bounce a little bit. I got back into the car and I realized that if I went slowly enough, it wouldn't drag all that much on the road. Uh, And we drove to the nearest civilization around an hour and a half away. I knew, though, that we needed to call someone for help. My my friend, who had Google open, was systematically calling all of the garages in this town. And after calling, no exaggeration, about 10 different garages, every single one said the same thing. We're really sorry. We're fully booked. We can't help you. Uh, In the end, I actually prayed out loud. I just said, God, I got to get this fixed. Could someone please give us a call back? Look at this today. And if it could not cost too much, that would be great. Amen. Uh, Now, I don't know if you believe in miracles. Uh, We just had a whole series on it. But within 10 minutes, someone did give us a call back and they said they'd have a look. Uh, In less than an hour of arriving at the garage, he'd fixed the problem, uh, telling me that if I'd gone uh, on too much further, the exhaust pipe may well have fallen off. Uh, He charged me £30. Uh, Now, if you go to a garage and it takes less than an hour and they charge you uh, only £30 to stop a problem that's going to kill your holiday, I don't know, I chalk that one up 
after being at least part miracle. It's not particularly nice though, finding yourself in a situation where you're not really sure about what's next and where you have to call for help. It's uncomfortable, it's uncertain, unpleasant, and it's as if you're somehow lost in the dark. Uh, perhaps for you, it's not as trivial as a car breaking down. Uh, that right now you seem to be traveling down the dark road of uncertainty where clarity feels like an impossibility. Whether it be an illness or uh, the care for someone else or financial or COVID, whether it be a relationship, a breakdown, a professional step down or seemingly spiritual letdown. Uh, what do you do when you find yourself lost on the dark road of uncertainty? A couple of years ago, I was speaking to a friend who was battling depression. Uh, they'd suffered with it for a number of years, and despite medication and counseling and family support and prayer, the grip of depression just seemed relentless in the way that it seemed to refuse to lift. Uh, now, I'd had a conversation with my friend during a particularly bad time, and uh, they were struggling in a way that I can only imagine and pray that I'll never have to experience for myself. Uh, and as we talked, they shared about how the faith that they had previously had in Jesus seemed increasingly out of reach. Why, they asked, if God is there, and if God is real, and if God loves me, then I am still in so much pain. And if I'm honest, I didn't really have an answer other than just hoping that there was something going on that neither of us could really see. And as part of this depression, my friend would tell me that uh, about some times where they would end up believing things about themselves or telling themselves things during the night when sleep would just refuse to come. Uh, things like, you're not worth anything. It's going to be like this forever. Uh, this pain will always be here. You'll never find happiness. Something bad's going to happen. Uh, people are happier without you. You're going to die. Maybe for you, it's not depression, but you find yourself on the dark road of uncertainty, not really knowing what's going on, what's next. And you find yourself sitting on the side of the road at the mercy of the elements, not knowing where the light at the end of the tunnel lies. Let me ask you, what are the voices that are whispering to you out of the darkness that you're starting to believe? You've got to stay quiet. You're not enough. You're a failed parent. You're not worthy. You're damaged. You're not wanted. You've had your time. Your dreams are too big or maybe for someone else who's better. You'll never succeed in any other place than where you sit right now. You're in the way. Your life is trivial. The answer to your needs are impossible. My friend Chris and I once uh, in a conversation realized how easy it can be for certain whispers to grow louder and louder and louder without realizing it. In fact, often they can appear as fairly innocent thoughts, but be rooted into something actually far more dangerous, something maybe from your past. For me, for a while, and for many of you, this is going to sound incredibly innocent and in fact incredibly trivial, it was the thought that I was born in August. And this isn't a subtle way to get a birthday card, uh, but my friend Matt was the first person to point this out. And when he did, it was like a light bulb came on for the first time. He said, is there a chance that being born in August has contributed to feeling or having to uh, the feeling of having to prove yourself unnecessarily? And after a, a little while of reflecting on this, I realized that he was right. 
you see, all the way through going uh, through school, I was always the youngest person in my class, often the shortest too, uh, and as an undiagnosed dyslexic until I was an adult, it felt like I was chasing the pack uh, um, more than I was ever being able to lead it. Uh, when I was 18 or 19, I realized how this perspective had actually formed into a lie that somehow I would never be good enough, that I'd always have to prove myself that because I was born in August. Now, since exposing that lie, uh, I live fairly confidently and never really have to wrestle with it anymore. Uh, but it's true. The whispers in the dark have a sly way of masking themselves. Uh, let me ask you, where do you find yourself on the dark road of uncertainty? What are the voices that are whispering to you out of the darkness that you are starting to believe? Let me tell you a story of a man who lived with this too, who spent every day on the dark road of uncertainty with nothing else to listen to other than the whispers from the dark. Our story was recorded by a first century man by the name of Mark, whose writings were so significant that they were included as part of what we know now as the New Testament. And in chapter 10, Mark records this story. Uh, then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Uh, now, this is a rare occasion where we actually hear the name of the person who seemingly has no social standing in the community. In fact, within stories uh, within the Bible, as well as other Eastern records uh, and documents from the first century, uh, people like Bartimaeus would have been more regularly referred to by their disability. They'd be referred to as the blind person or the lame person or the deaf person or the person with the leprosy. Now, whilst we don't know why Bartimaeus uh, wasn't named, uh, and in fact, we also know his father's name, uh, it does suggest that he was someone who was notorious within this particular community. Community. In fact, one person I read suggested that it might have actually just been the case that uh, Timaeus was this high-ranking person in the community and that his son, Bartimaeus, was known because he was supposed to be someone, supposed to be someone who would follow in his father's footsteps, who was supposed to have a purpose, who was supposed to be known for something, who was supposed to be somebody. If only he wasn't blind. As it was, he was reliant on the passers-by uh, of whom he was begging to. Only able to hear their voices. Only able to hear the voices. The voices of those telling him to move along, to stop blocking the path. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, a title that would have suggested kingship. Jesus, I know who you are. I've heard the whispers on the street. I have heard the stories of you healing others. I've heard the things that you have said about yourself. I've heard of your willingness to touch the untouchable and forgive the unforgivable. Jesus, what are you going to do with me? And in this moment of vulnerability, uh, where the whole crowd must have turned to face him, and whilst he couldn't have seen them, Bartimaeus must have just felt the hundreds of eyes fall upon him, he heard the whispers that he had heard every day. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Have you ever felt like that? Uh, that you finally reveal an insecurity or a wound to the world. And instead of the care and help uh, that you want to receive, you actually receive words that you spend every day fighting against and hoping that they aren't really true. It can be easy to give up. 
Uh, but right here, Bartimaeus does something. He takes the little concealed bit of faith uh, that he had left. And instead of guarding it from the world, he goes all out. He goes all out for the one person he knows that can make the difference. He shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. You know, I don't know why Jesus didn't walk to him. I don't know why he got Bartimaeus to come to him, the blind man. Uh, but I love to think that those who Jesus asked to call Bartimaeus over were the same as those who momentarily ago were the ones calling out the rebukes. I mean, imagine the awkwardness of those who a second ago were telling him to pipe down, having to then be the ones to say, he wants to see you, not me, he wants to see you. And so they called the blind man. Cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. You know, for some of you watching this right now, what if the situation that's causing the lies to whisper from the dark is actually the very platform that God intends for you to recognize what's really true? What if it's those voices that when Jesus is added into the equation are the voices that have no other option other than to expose themselves as lies all along? If you're in a place where addiction tells you that you'll never be free, where your bad financial situation says that you'll never be able to live sustainably, where your divorce papers say that you're unlovable, where your redundancy notice tells you that you're useless. What if it's that situation? where Jesus wants to call you into a place which will actually show you that with him, you're stronger than you would have ever realized otherwise. Uh, the darkness that you're experiencing right now might just be the very place which allows you to see a brighter light. Uh, Jesus uses the voices of those who rebuked Bartimaeus to call him close. And Jesus has power over the darkness, over the whispers. Jesus wants to call you by name. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his height and, and followed Jesus along the road. Uh, we can't always decide what voices we listen to, but we can decide what voices we believe. And Jesus is a voice that wants to call you close you see, earlier in Mark's account of Jesus's life, he records Jesus saying um, just this in response to religious people who were questioning Jesus over the people he was spending time with. Jesus said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come not for those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they're sinners. Jesus came for people like you and people like me who find themselves either because of the chaos of a broken world or because of the chaos of our own selfish, broken decisions, lost on the dark road of uncertainty, where the prospect of hope seems impossible. Uh, but Jesus today calls you by name and calls you close, calls you loved, calls you redeemed, calls you home. Well, what would your life look like if you had faith that Jesus was listening? Last week, Steve asked us this question, and I want to ask it again. What in your marriage or your work or your family or your friendships could look different if we prayed and spoke and walked in the faith that Jesus was calling you close? What relationships could be redeemed? What miracle might manifest? What peace might be found? 
Because look at what Bartimaeus did after his encounter with Jesus. He received his sight and then he followed Jesus along the road. No longer bound by the place that he assumed he would always be in. No longer bound by the voices that told him he was in the way or he was too loud. Uh, Jesus is inviting you onto a road trip, into a new life, to join him on the journey. Let me pray for you. Uh, Father God, it can be so easy, so easy to listen to the voices that are calling out from the darkness causing us to believe lies to the extent where we truly believe that they are true. It's so easy to find ourselves in situations in the chaos of a broken world or as a result of decisions that we've made and believe that somehow that's reflective of who you made us to be. But Lord, that's not true. And so Lord, I want to thank you for Bartimaeus. I want to thank you that he was someone who you exampled grace to, you exampled closeness to and how you want the same for us today. And so for whoever's watching online right now, who's hearing this, who's believing certain things around themselves, Holy Spirit, I ask that you might fill them and be present with them right now and expose those things as lies. Would you just bring to the forefront of our minds right now, whatever it is that's causing us to think wrongly uh, in comparison to what you want us to think. And Lord, instead of those things, Lord, would you inject those truthful things that you believe about us? And that actually we are worthy, that we do hold amazing things that you implanted deep within us, gifts and skills and joy. Lord, I pray this in your name. Amen. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Forge. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.